Welcome everybody to another episode of uh, I don't know. I think I'm not, I think I'm going to call this series. I don't know what I'm going to call this series, but I think it's going to be something about where I come from. But it's probably going to be actually something around my special guest who um, has taken a huge part in me shaping my life and wanting to be something. And then my lower moments in life has given me some good talks to get back on the place to where I need to be, who uh, I think a big I think out of all my family, who I have probably the closest personality to, and that is, who are you, sir? My name is Ace Pack. Yeah, what's your full name? Oh, my real name is A.C. Herbert, Aloysius Roscoe Hubert, Amazon Christopher Pack. And what what's today? What is today? Yes. Today is my birthday. How old are you? Uh, 29. <laughs> it's the 29th, it's the anniversary, so... Uh, it's your uh, 60, 69th. 69th anniversary of being 29? Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> you just wanted to say 69. <laughs> uh, All right, where are we? All right, we're at 2949. All right, we don't need to say your exact address. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, at... Uh, uh, we're at your house. We're at my house. Yeah, I'm pretty We're good. at your house in Perrysburg. So uh, we've been talking for a while, but basically, this is my this is my pa. This is my grandpa, and uh, a lot of my views in the world. I think I don't know. You know what's funny is I think growing up I didn't actually have the same views as my grandpa, but then as I got older I did. <laughs> but just about uh, I think just about my deals about government and life i think and and just the way things are have been heavily influenced by you paul but um today because it's your birthday yep we're going to talk about something that well first off paul i guess tell everybody like what i guess i want you to talk about your passions right now so because i mean i guess trying to lead into what we're going to discuss i mean well i think it's important for people to know that I mean, growing up, I mean, providing for your family and everything else like that, but your passion was always music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've always loved music. Uh, the first uh, record player that I ever seen was one of those little crank-up yeah. talking machines, he told them, called them back then, you know? Yeah. And uh, you buy, buy those uh, 78 records, that's all that's played. 78, what are 78 records? It's just the uh, at the size of it. Oh, it's just like seventy eight. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what like what were the standard records after the seventy eight? Like. Well, then they come out with forty fives. Forty fives. Four forty five. Forty five. Yeah. All right. Four and five together. Yeah. All right. Forty five. And uh, so, uh, but then you you had uh, the uh, tapes. Eight tracks, uh, reel to reel, CDs, and CDs, and now it's all now it's all computers. Mostly all computers. Now it's all digital. I mean, we're recording right now. I mean, I think ten years ago, I probably still would have tried to use like a, a tape machine to record and talk to you, or a tape deck or something, just because like the technology today is is what it is. I mean, that so. we were talking about. Um, 
So we got we're gonna talk about we're gonna play some songs today, and then Paul's gonna Paul's gonna discuss. I call him Paul just so everybody knows. That's that's the name that was given to me by my grandfather because Grandpa was old, and my Paul, even though he's eighty one, is definitely not old. He's not an old man. He doesn't act like an old man. Um, but I think that. uh, I don't know what the hell I was just talking about. I just wanted—I just got—I just got distracted there. But anyways, we're gonna play some songs, and he's gonna talk about why, what influenced you in writing the songs. All right. <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, I've been a p- professional musician around Toledo area since uh, 1959. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, I've done uh, recordings in Nashville, written a lot of songs. And uh, so uh, that's what we're going to sort of interview is uh, the songs and how come me to write the songs that I got the idea from, you know. Absolutely. And uh, so uh, this first song that you're going to hear is... Uh, uh, I, I was going to Nashville between uh, Louisville and Nashville, and uh, I was listening to the radio, and they was talking about uh, uh, Tennessee State going back to the electric chair as a death penalty for uh, uh, crimes committed, and uh, they was going to commit their first uh, uh, execution the next morning, and I passed this uh, hippie bus. And uh, the old boy had a uh, a big banner on it, and it said, God is dead. So that night, I uh, went to the San Davis Hotel and got me a room and a half a pint of uh, uh, Canadian mist. And <laughs> uh, got down the middle of the floor with the old guitar and, and wrote this song. How many songs did you write with whiskey, like, under your head, like... Because, you know, like, the whole time I've known you and maybe seen you watch, like, I mean, I've seen you sip a whole beer for a long time. I remember as a kid, I was like, man, my grandpa drinks a lot. And then, like, as I got older, I was like, no, nah, he just holds on to the same beer. He doesn't really drink a lot. Like, he, no, like, as long, I mean, I've I've been to shows that I've helped you such, like, take down your equipment and seeing, like, all these, all these old ladies buy you shots, and you've made me take shots because you'd have like, you'd have like four of them just sitting there. You're like, buddy, I don't want to waste these. I mean, these ladies bought them for me, so you're gonna have to drink a couple. <laughs> yeah, just turn it, spill, spill it down your shirt collar if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> I think a couple times because I knew how to drive. I. I I pretended to drink it and I took it to the bathroom and dumped it or like some other stuff. But, um, anyways. Anyhow, uh, I took the old guitar and sat down on the middle floor. And, uh, like I said, I had to have this little half pint of uh, Canadian mist and, and sip on it. Some sip. And so I put these uh, two, two things together. The, uh, uh, Guy with a big sign said God is dead, and and the guy that actually got executed the next morning. So anyhow, uh, let's listen to it. What's the name of the song? The Commandment. Mm-hmm. 
spill the lust and greed and spreads throughout the land. But the word of God is broke so plain that a child can understand. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, was to his commands. But some don't realize that heaven's now I went down to the federal pen to visit such a man. And I said to him, now let us pray that God will understand. For if you believe with all your might, then who can ask for more? He stomped his foot and said, God is dead, spit on the floor. He said, money is the bread of life, the goddess of our land. And I closed my eyes and whispered, Lord have mercy on this man. Preaching, praying, shouting, singing, glory to the King. Better be prepared, was in the electric chair, you'll call your Savior's name. In that lonely room One o'clock keeps a going around With a hat of steel Upon his head And both hands are buckled down He closed his eyes As if to sleep But sweat was on his brow And the very last words I heard him say Oh Lord, my God Where art thou? So that was a that was a good song, Paul. It's like it's funny because I don't uh I don't think I've ever just sat down and listened to your music when I need to. It's like the uh it's just like the law of familiarity. That's a good song. Um I think I, I think that's a good uh, religious song, sort of. You know? Yeah, but you're not religious. No. That's the funny thing. No. Yeah, I got to I was trying to think what's next on the uh Well more importantly, you're inspired by hippies and the death penalty. And, and and what kind of conversation would this be if I didn't talk to you about your politics? What do you think about hippies and the death penalty? Yeah, hippies and the politics. Like, what do you think about hippies and their movement in general? Like, or what movement they, they tried to start? Like, you lived through that. A lot of people don't, and most people that listen to this this to my podcast they don't they weren't alive during that period of time and i think like now you're 81 years old you can objectively look back and like you i mean you live through like the korean war the vietnam war both iraqi wars and i mean like what do you think about their i guess like what what their motivations and stuff like that like what well, my my personal opinion is uh, that uh, a lot of that stuff was uh, I think the uh, first rural war that we had uh, should have settled it all, but they turned around and uh, gave this one a little bit of that and a little bit of that and, then, and, and the first thing you know you didn't 
Yeah. It's all mixed up. No, nobody knows what belongs to who. And uh, especially here in America, we give everything away that we got. Yeah. And, uh, so. <laughs> Not to depress you, but I mean, like, just in general, like, I mean, like, I think it's important for people to know, like, I mean, like, you you were around in a big party unions and then like what unions and we don't have to talk about this Paul if you don't want to but like I just think like your your view on like uh on unions and everything else like that like I think it's it's important to know because like it's 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 not I mean like our conversations is very much so shaped like the way I operate and the way, like, the decisions I make. And I think it's it's interesting to to hear because, I mean, like, we don't, we don't produce anything that we consume. Instead, we outsource that production. And it's just like we're just playing games with ourselves, essentially. Well, I, I, I was uh, hung out on the railroad in 51. And uh, I... Uh, uh, I was part of the union. I, I became, uh, when, I, when I retired from the railroad, I was the president of their local uh, 593. And, uh, but uh, if it wasn't for the unions, I wouldn't have been able to get a job on the railroad. Because until 51. Well, tell your, tell your real story. Because that's not, the real reason why you got a job on the railroad. Like, like you, okay, so number one, nobody can see you. So you have an arm, you have half an arm and a full arm, but you can use your hand. You can't like fully use your arm. You came, you came from like the hollers of Kentucky, Kentucky, and like you, you, I mean, like just I think like it's important because like your music is very much so a reflection of your life, and that was the way you expressed your life. Yeah. So I think like like let's take us back to. You know, what brought you to Toledo? Okay. Uh, what brought me to Toledo was I had uh, uh, dug ditches for the gas company. You know, little jobs here and little jobs there. Uh, worked at uh, sawmills and shit like this from the time that I was 13. And, uh, but... Uh, any job that paid money, good, uh, decent rate wage, they required you to take an examination. Well, I could well, well, what year was this? Like, what year was this when you came up here? 1951. 1951. When I came to Toledo. Okay. I come up here actually to try to get a job as a dishwasher. Because things were so bad in Kentucky. Yeah. That it was better to come miles away to be a dishwasher. 320 miles. 320 miles. Yeah. And how did you how did you raise the money to come to Toledo? I raised the money. I, me and another guy loaded uh, cross ties in a box car for a penny a tie. We had to cut them, butt the ends of them, square them up, and load them in, in, the, tie, in the box car for a penny a tie. And how much money did it cost to get a ticket up here? Costed uh, thirteen dollars and something other, but I I grossed money that week 
was $21. You made $21. So, so 13 of it was for your trip up here. Then you had $8 for food. Right. And uh, so uh, anyhow, uh, by this time, the unions, if you had a job in the car department or any kind of repair shop, uh, the uh, you like for the engines or the cars. Why, well, as a laborer, you had a seven-day-a-week job, and so the unions had forced them to uh, go and pay um, time and a half anything over forty hours a week. Yeah, and so that put on a lot of jobs. So uh, I was lucky enough to get uh, to uh, the morning that I came in to Wallbridge over here. Uh, they said that's J.D. Slick out there. He's the general foreman of the roundhouse. So you go over and see him. And his name was J.D. Slick. Was that Slink. 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 Okay, Slink. that's a little funny name. Yeah. So Ace Pack, which yeah. is a is already an epic name, went to go meet J.D. Slink. Yeah. And uh, so uh, uh, he wanted, I told him I started looking for work, and he said, uh, uh, can you work? I said, yeah. He said, uh, well, uh, are you reliable? I said, yeah. I said, uh, I'll work any shifts you want, want to work. And uh, you're, you're the boss, man. You know. So he said, uh, well, he said, you go over here at the office at the roundhouse and give them guys your name and social security number. And then Tonight, you be down at that little shanty over on the other side of the turntable. And I had no idea what a turntable was, but the turntable was what they used to run those big steam engines on. And, on. and they'd turn them around? Turn them around and yeah, yeah. Like south. You know, cold, hauling coal and stuff. And so uh, I did, and, and I worked. You, you got you got to talk. Uh, maybe, maybe I need a little bit of volume on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get carried away. Yeah, all right. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I uh, I was so happy that I got to work without uh, going for an examination first, which is very unusual. And uh, I was 18 years old. We would uh, work and they put me on as a hostel helper that night. They said, go down and see this guy named Carl DeFalco was the foreman's name. So he put me on as a hostel helper. And uh, so I was so excited about getting getting a job that I'd run and get the switch to switch to, 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 to see a hostel. Uh, uh, he was a fellow that put uh, turned the engine around. You had to fill it up with water, fill it up with the coal, yeah. the coal bunkers and stuff. And, and uh, but I was so excited that I would uh, I'd run to get the next switch. <laughs> he said, "You don't have to run. You don't have to run, buddy." He said, "This job's going to be here tomorrow." He said, "You don't have to run. I, I want to." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so I, I got started in on a on a railroad. Then it was uh, six weeks before they sent me to uh, take an examination. And the doctor said, "If you've been working for six weeks," I said you're. Okay for the work job. <laughs> <laughs> so he just signed my papers up and sent me back to Wallbridge. 
And uh, so that's how I got on the railroad, and I didn't. I stayed there until I, I got old enough to leave. Well, when did you start? Uh, when did you start playing music? I started playing music in, in '59, professional. Well, when did you like start learning to play the guitar, and what kind of music did you originally start playing? Well, I originally started playing the bluegrass. I could play the five string banjo, flat top guitar, and uh, and bluegrass music is more harmonizing, harm, har- harmony, you know. It's good music, Vo- vocals and stuff. And uh, so, uh, the first job I had was. Uh, in bluegrass band, but uh, they uh, didn't get no money hardly. So then, then I started playing electric bass, and I got a job uh, playing for Curly Quillen. He was a pretty good name around town. Did anyone ever teach you how to play an instrument? No. How did you learn notes and keys? Uh, just by ear. Just by ear? Yeah, by listening. That's pretty awesome, Paul. Mm. And uh, so uh, we would, uh, uh, O'Curly had a uh, radio show, and we'd do a 30-minute show on Saturday. And this is in Toledo? Yeah. And uh, so uh, we would uh, work the Saturday show and do uh, uh, Friday and Saturday in some beer joint. Yeah. Did you say a beer joint? Beer joint, honky tonk. Honky tonk joint. Yeah. So is that was it just like a bar or? Yeah. But it was like a but they were called beer joints. Like, what, did they just yeah. serve beer? No, they served beer, whiskey, and uh, stuff like that. You know. Yeah. And uh, uh, you work uh, for uh, there was eighteen or twenty. Places on the east side of Toledo that had yeah. entertainment, what they would call bands playing on Friday and Saturday. So where was like so the best? Where was the best place to play music at the time? The east side. No, that's where I was playing. It was the east side. So that made it the best because you were playing there. Well, that made it. Uh, <laughs> Just teasing. Uh, but uh, then, then, then I uh, uh, got my own group together. I wanted to cut down on on the size of three piece. I wanted to get a three piece where we more my money. Yeah. And then uh, I got a job at a little place on East Broadway called the Web, and uh, was making fifty bucks a night. Fifty bucks a night is a lot of money back then. No, it was split three ways. Split three ways. So it's like a little bit under twenty dollars a night. Oh yeah. That's still pretty good for back then, though, isn't it? Well, it's good, good for then, yeah. Yeah, not now. Now that's not shit. No. Uh, that's another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I got more involved in, in the music bit, bit and working more nights and stuff like this. And of course, I worked the railroad to 11 to 7. Yeah. And Friday and Saturday off. So I play music Friday and Saturday. When did you... Um well, what's the next song? And then we'll, I'll ask you some more questions. So we got, let's play another song here. All right, so this next song is called... Looking on the Dark Side. Looking on the Dark Side. So I, wrote, I wrote this for Pig, Pig Robbins. For Pig Robbins? Yeah, he was a piano player on the, on the record playing and in Nashville. 
and uh, he was blind, and so uh, looking on the dark side, trying to find fishing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, let's check it out. All right. Looking on the dark side, trying to find the light that shines to guard me. If the blind needs a blind, are they trying to find the side to see? There's many a river that I'd like to cross without your love. I'm bound to get lost down, down street. Your icy voice cuts through the air, cold chills run up my spine. Kathleen, you're the devil's queen now, this you can't deny. A frightened voice echoes the night, did I hear a baby cry? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm looking on the dark side, trying to find a light that shines to guard me. If the blind leaves the blind, are they trying to find the side to see? First man My fist and bite my lips as anger fills my mind. Heaven help the one I love if I should lose this fight. A trembling voice in my ears to walk around the time. They said it was fine. Oh, I'm picking on the dark side, trying to find a light that shines to God. Are they trying to find the side to see? You know, I was just thinking about, like, that was, like, very much so the style back there. Like, now it's like songs just kind of end. Back then, they used to, like, fade it out. Yeah, sometimes it did. Yeah, they, like, it seems like a lot more times it faded out. Like, the song sounded like it was never-ending. Yeah. I just remember thinking that when we were a kid, when I was a kid, because we'd always, like, we always had that one tape that we always listened to that had the one song that we always used to sing. You remember, uh, what was the name of that song? Like, Third... Do you know what song I'm talking about? It was like our song that we always played. You know, Paul, it was like our song that we always played when we were kids. I don't think it was like Third Time's Time's a Charm. I remember when I was back in school The teachers always wanted me to learn the rules 
But I was studying girls on Friday night I said if I can learn this Everything's gonna be alright It's the first time love I was too young Second time I was left holding on Third time's charm that I got burned Three times loser will never learn I grew up and I thought that things would change We're getting more mature but I guess we stayed the same But I still believe in the starry night And I keep on waiting for the one that'll turn out right You see, first time love I was too young Second time I was left holding on Third time's charm that I got burned Three time loser will never learn So back to songs. So that song. Okay, we're going to record this song here. I wrote this for Dean Martin. You wrote it for Dean Martin? Yeah, for, for Dean Martin, yeah. Okay. And it's called uh, uh, Heartaches from the Blues. Who's Dean Martin? He was a big movie star. Big movie star? And he was from down in... Down in Nashville? Or uh, your mom lives right now. Youngstown? Yeah. He's from Youngstown. He was in... That area. Do you think he was a mobster because he's from Youngstown? No. I'm just teasing Papa. All right. This is called The Color of a Fool. No, that's The Blues of a Heartache. I can't tell the t- heartaches from the blues. The heartaches from the blues. Okay. Turn up, no matter what I do. I try to smile, it won't show through. I try to dance, and my feet won't move. 
Something else that like makes a lot more sense to me now, Paul. I did start recording again. It's the way you do business. And I think it's like the way business should be done. Like I don't think you ever sign contracts. Your contract is this. If you do me wrong, I shoot you. But I think that's honorable. Like that's an honorable way to do business. And I think it's like the fact that we've gotten away from that, it's 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 like a like there's no there's no accountability. Like there's like, yeah, oh, you know what, I'll just screw you out of your money. And then it's you know you know what I'm saying? Mr. Nice. Mr. Nice, that's right. I told him that. I yeah. said you screw me out of my money, I'll kill you. Yeah. But I mean like so you ran a business too. So I mean you've you've run your trucking company. I mean, did you kind of have a similar what did you say to like because I know you you hired Uncle Ray, which Fortunately, Uncle Ray could never be on this podcast because he's passed away and the world is missing out. Um, but, like, out of all your employees, like, what kind of deal did you have with them? Did you say something similar? If you ever steal from me? or No. Nope. It was, it was always an uh, uh, hourly rate. Yeah. And they helped work on the truck. Yeah. But it was more like a family thing. Yeah. Like, they were people that you could trust. Yes. But I think, like, like do you think... All right, so something else that I think is important for people to know. Let's say uh, you and I are in a union together. We're the same age, but I'm just younger. Like, I'm just dumber than you are, and I don't necessarily have my values right, and I keep showing up to late work. I'm drinking too much. I'm not taking care of my family. How would you guys handle that? Well, 
the the uh, wages wasn't that much. Back yeah. In the days, you know, so so you had to work. Yeah. Anyhow, um, it was you had you the wages. Yeah. There was usually just one one breadwinner. Yeah. In the house. That was the man. Yeah. And uh, so uh, you had a hard time just to, to uh, feed a family. Yeah. Let alone uh, uh, have time to waste. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think, too, like, like you don't have to share this, but I think this is important. Like, how did your dad, like, what was your dad's behavior as a provider? My dad was a hard worker man, but he uh, he uh, always uh, payday drunk. Payday drunk. Yeah, he, he'd get drunk every payday. And you're the second oldest, so I mean, what? Because he didn't want to drive home drunk. Luckily, so what did he do? He walked home. He walked home, or see, okay, see, so he worked in the mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's holes that come out of the hills. Yeah. So he would go in the drift mouth, they call it. Yeah. And he would go back in there and do a day's work. Yeah. And then on, uh, I think about twice a month, you go to the company store. Yeah. And uh, you got your money. Yeah. And they paid you in script. Paid you, so they didn't even give him money, money. You didn't, didn't, give, get, didn't, you didn't make no money, or money, because everything that you bought, everything that you uh, consumed, yeah, you know, food and stuff like this, was all from the coal company. Was all from the company store. And where was this at? Majestic, Kentucky. Do they still have coal down there? Are they still. Oh yeah, they still. Oh, oh but coal. it's not so. When your dad was working for the coal company, where, did he have a union at that time? Without the money and all that stuff, uh, he, he, uh, he they was just at that time they were just organizing the union. Yeah, John L. Lewis, people like that. Yeah, how did okay? So how did you guys leave Majestic? Because when you moved up to Toledo, were you still living in Majestic? No, nope. nope. we moved to Martin County. Martin County, which is near Louisa. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, Martin County is, uh, Inez is the uh, uh, county seat. Okay. Louisa is a county seat of uh, Lawrence County, which is the next county over. So. Okay. And uh, so my dad came from there originally. Okay. From Martin County, which is right on the border of uh, Lawrence County. Yeah. And uh, so, but uh, uh, they had, uh, uh, we had uh, no roads. We had a one-room schoolhouse. Yeah. And this is in Majestic or when you moved? This is after we moved. How old were you when you moved out of Majestic? From Majestic? Yeah. Okay. Uh, First of all, my mother passed away when I was about two and a half years old. Two and a half. And uh, then my dad took us down 
lived in Martin County with his with his mother. Yeah, and my grandma. And uh, so then he married uh, uh, my stepmom, and uh, they had one child. And we moved back to Majestic. Yeah, because my dad would go up and work, come home for two week, uh, two days, every two weeks or something. But how would he get home? Because that's like quite yeah, a drive. Train, isn't it? What's train, that? Train. Train. Yeah. And uh, so. Uh, uh, we uh, we went back to Majestic. My dad rented a house up there, and we all moved up back up there. We was up there until I was twelve years old. In Majestic, mm-hmm. okay. And uh, then we moved back down to Martin County, and uh, went to. to uh, so, what'd your dad do? After when you guys moved, because he worked in the coal mine in Majestic, yeah, and then what did he do then? Well, he changed minds. He went to, uh, uh, but he he was a coal miner his whole life. Oh yeah, yep. until he came up here. He came up here in '52. Yeah, he came up here briefly, and then he moved back. He, he came up here and stayed until about 1970. So he wait. He was up here from '52 to 1970. I didn't know that. I thought he just stayed up here for a little bit and then he moved back. Because you said, like, randomly they just left the house they were living in and everything. Yeah, well, the, I, I, I was the one that did it. Yeah. I moved them up here. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Thanks, but Daddy had come up here, it was the later part of 52, and uh, got a job on the railroad. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so uh, then uh, about 55, 56 through there, I moved them back up here. They moved them up here. Okay, so in, in, okay, so 52, you moved your, you got your dad a job. Yeah. And you said, come up here. It's better up here. There's, it's going to be a better life for you and your, and like your siblings. Cause like you have siblings that are the same age as your children. Yeah. And because um, Grandpa Willie liked making babies. <laughs> well, I don't know what was that or what was just sexy or not. <laughs> <laughs> or he just didn't like wearing condoms, one of the two. I think it was probably the condoms. That was probably more like it. Yep. But okay, so so you moved him up here and then like he was just sending money back to Kentucky for four years. Nope. They moved up here. Okay. Next to Lucky Ohio. Mm-hmm. On uh, Stony Ridge Road. And they stayed about four months until the kids started school. Yeah. And uh, they didn't like to school, so Daddy up and moved, to, moved them back down, down home. Why didn't they like the school? I don't know. The difference. Just the difference because they were from like... Well, they were strangers. Yeah, they're from the hills. They talked funny, yeah. and it was in it was it's flat up here. It's in the hollers down there. Yeah, but anyhow, uh, they stayed about four months and left, and uh, didn't even tell me that they moved. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyhow, by the time that uh, <clears throat> I had gotten into uh, 
businesses and stuff like this myself. Yeah. And uh, probably by uh, 1965, I could have bought the whole pack generation. Yeah. Because I worked. Yeah. Had trucks, running trucks. Yeah. Playing music, working on the railroad. Yeah, working in the shipyard. Working on the shipyard. How many, like, on average, how much, okay, so you were, how much sleep were you getting? In the bed, I'd say about four and a half, five hours a night. Yeah. Then I'd do, uh... Anyhow, so sleeping in the bed, you'd get five hours. That was my night's off. That was your night's off. Yeah. Your night's off from the the railroad? The railroad. All right. Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday in the railroad. So, then I'm... Uh, if I played music, yeah, I'd get in the bed about three o'clock or three thirty. What time did you have to be at work? Uh, Eleven o'clock at night. Okay, so well, no, not not for like music, but like so you would. Okay, so okay, so you would only play music when you didn't have to work the railroad. No, I played music every Friday and Saturday. But you worked the railroad Monday through Friday. No, nope. uh, Sunday through Thursday. Thursday. So Friday, okay. So the nights that you didn't work the you so you would play music the nights you didn't work the railroad. Yeah. And then your trucking business. I had dump trucks. Your dump trucks. Yeah. And you did that all as much work that you could get as I can get to the summertime. You know. So that was in the summertime, and then the wintertime. I go to the shipyard as a welder. And you taught yourself how to weld in the shipyard, right? Nope, on the railroad. On the railroad, but they didn't. Okay. Let's see. Because, uh, uh, okay, uh, like I said about J.D. Slink. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, when, when Diesel came in, you know, it was about 52. Yeah. 53. Well, then I got laid off from that job. Yeah. So I went to the car department as a car helper, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so then, uh. I'd do the same thing down there because it, it was a 24-hour-a-day job. Yeah. You know, and it's the same way as the roundhouse, but the roundhouse was, uh, uh, it was a mechanic for uh, the steam engines. Yeah. Uh, greaser, grease monkeys and stuff like this. And that's yeah. That's what it was in the car department. But in the car department, you would inspect the cars. Yeah. And uh, put bad order cart tags on them, then send them to the rip track for repair. You know. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, but anyhow, uh, it, uh, it, uh, it was a good, steady job. It wasn't no big lot of money. Yeah. But it gave you benefits. Yes. So, yeah, so back to the original question, so... We're the same age. I keep showing to work late. What happens to me? From the union guys. From the union guy? Yeah. Well, you would uh, have an investigation on you. Yeah. For missing some time. Usually you get a, uh, a slap on the wrist, no time off. But, like, but I remember you said something else. Like, when did you guys draw straws? Well, that was my idea. Okay, so okay, so 
See, I, when I became the president of the union, yeah, uh, I wanted accountability. Accountability of people, yeah, that would screw up the job, yeah, and uh, force you to do stuff that you didn't have to do on account of you taking care of their job, yeah. And I wanted to uh, uh, have about three tough guys that you have draw straws, and two of them would go kick this guy's ass. <laughs> did that usually help him out? A couple times it did. Yeah. So, but if, it, I mean, after a good ass kicking, if he doesn't want to work still, it's time for him to get out. It's time for him to move. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, but... Uh, but as a union president, like, what else did you, like... So you said it wasn't, like, benefits and everything. Didn't you fight for more benefits and stuff like that? Oh yeah, they they, they uh, voted for benefits raises, and uh, my last year there, I said, "I don't want no raise. I don't want to vote for no raise." Yeah. I said we were making good money now. Yeah. It's fifteen dollars and seventeen cents an hour. Yeah. And uh, that was. Uh, what did you want instead? I wanted benefits. Yeah. You know, extra time, vacation time. Yeah. So what do you think ultimately led to unions turning into what they are today? Do you think it's because people, there wasn't, do you think people got too greedy? I think uh, people got too greedy, uh, too much. uh, Too lazy? Under. Under the table money? Under the table money. Uh, And people that just simply didn't want to do, didn't want to work. Yeah. And uh, they'd do stuff that to go against the union. See, I, don't, I didn't. I didn't like people that went against the union. Yeah. But today, do you think if you were working in a union, do you think you'd have the same attitude, or do you think you would? I I, I would have the same attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Because but but what about? I guess like the. I guess what I'm really trying to say is, like, do you, I mean, do you think, do you think the the unions now are a reflection of what they should be? I think that uh, the government has, uh, uh, okay, has changed so yeah that... Uh, Okay, like old Johnson. Yeah. LBJ. Yeah. He was down on the creek that we lived on down in Kentucky. Yeah. With a little red-headed bones boy on his knee and snotty nose and everything. And he said... Dirty ass. Oh, yeah. said, these are Americans, Americans, Americans. This is Americans. We got to take care of them, you know. And you can't give people money, you know. Yeah. To, uh, make you them can't work. just give them money to no. to make them have an incentive. Can't give, give them a check, you know, to uh, get them to do stuff. Do you think if you would have been given a check, you ever would have left Kentucky? I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. What do you think you would have done instead? Uh, I'd probably been a drunk. That's interesting. 
I probably would have been. Yeah, no, I mean, it I, makes I, sense. I would have died before I was 40 years old. Yeah. Would you, if you had a chance to live it all over again, would you? Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky? Childhood. Uh, I, I could do it. I could do it all, all over again, yeah. I could. But you wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to, no. Yeah. No, if I, if I could, if I could live, come back. Die and come back. Anybody, yeah. Anybody in the world? I would come back as least pack. Yeah, for sure. Because I I know what I could do. Yeah. And I know what I did. Yeah. And uh, it was just a, a matter of time of, of doing it. Yeah. We're still here yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. Just not as much. <laughs> <laughs> A lot slower. You're a lot slower. Um, all right, Paul. Well, next song. Let's see. All right, so this next song is called A Color of a Fool. Yeah. That's what we thought the last song was going to be. So what was your motivations behind this song, Paul? Uh, <clears throat> well, a lot of things is, uh, okay, it's like the song says, yellow is the color of a coward. Yeah. Violet's the name of a flower. Yeah. And stuff like that. And make a song about it. Yeah. So I just wrote it, wrote this song. Cool. Here we go. A grassy meadow makes me think of green. Springtime, the robins always sing. My memories keeps turning back to you. And I'm thinking, well, what's the color for a fool? I'm a fool. I'm a fool. Well, yellow is the color of a coward. Violet is the name of a flower. But a war we fought was color gray and blue. And I'm thinking, what's the color for a fool? Chance. The winter time the snow lays on the ground. The autumn the leaves all turns brown. But the neon lights keeps flashing red and blue. And I'm thinking, what's the color for food? And eyes as black as night A voice so sharp it cuts me like a knife But the love we shared it thrilled me through and through And I wonder what's the color for a fool I'm a fool Crazy fool I'm a fool That song about falling in love? Yeah. 
that song about you falling in love with grandma and how much of a fool you thought you were falling in love with grandma? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you will. She will never listen to this. <laughs> There's a song on there. The last song on that tape I wrote for him. The last song on the CD was you wrote for Grandma? Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit, Pa. Pa, we're going to record a couple of these episodes. We're not going to get through the whole CD. <laughs> I think we'll do one more song, but I really want to talk to you more, too. It's like usually podcasting. So I, I probably should have told you this. But I'm never prepared because whenever I try to prepare for this, it just doesn't work because I don't act the same way. Like, because I want it to be like a real conversation. So it's usually just a conversation. But you're a special case scenario, Paul. Because you're my Paul. And I think people need to hear your music. I think that's important. Like, I think, I think, um, I think especially now, like, people want to hear real music. Like, now music is. It's just kind of bullshit in reality. It's not very good. Country music's just a derivative of pop music, and it sounds like shit. Uh, there's really no good rock music anymore. I mean, you could have, like, a, a... Like, I do, like, like different kinds of music, but it's not, like... I don't know. It's it's not... I feel like after the 60s, music just started going downhill. And I think it's it's, like, there's been some, like... Some flashes. I feel like music is coming back just because people are so damn poor. And I think whenever there's poor people, like the depression, I think really sparked like really good music. Um, just the blues and bluegrass and country music and like the original country music, like not the bullshit that people like to call country music, which is really just glorifying men's need for. I don't know. Like I feel like I just feel like music in general doesn't necessarily like put out a positive image for men and women both. And like, that's a whole other deep discussion that I could get into, Paul. Yeah. But, um, I think, uh, anyways, Paul, this is this podcast about you not my opinion. But, um, so when were all these songs from like the same album? Cause you released how many albums you released two albums. No, one one album and uh, a bunch of singles. Four four singles, I think. Four singles, and the album was Ace Pack and the Kingsman. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to the Kingsman? Uh, we got four songs. Four four songs, yeah. and the other ones are just you, like ones that you did on your own. No, all by the band. Okay, so but okay, so four songs are from that album. Yeah. And then the rest of the songs, so you have 17 songs in the CD, yeah. and only four are from your album. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Sorry, I just thought that was interesting, Paul. So were you played on the radio regularly around here for a while? or? Uh, my uh, one song that I released uh, in 71, 72, was, uh, was uh, on a Dearborn label. And it made uh, number sixty-five in top one hundred. In the night, in the nation. Yeah, that's awesome, Paul. Number sixty-five. That's pretty good. That's and, pretty good. Well, pretty good for a man working twenty jobs, had six kids, a needy wife, uh, and and uh, then you wonder 
Is, is all them kids mad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I know my mom is definitely yours because I'm so much like you and mom's so much like you. But I don't know. Some of the other kids, I just don't know. Like, it's it's like, uh, I feel like your your intelligence seems, well, I know Uncle Gabe is yeah. because Justin looks just like him, which is really weird. It's just really weird. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he still looks like he's, he's, he looks like my other side of the family too, but I just think it's funny anyways. But, uh, but yeah, I think, um, I think I don't, I don't know what to say next, Paul. Trying to, well, trying to get some wisdom out of you. We can, we can talk about, uh, music all night long, you know, good, good old biggins. Yeah. <laughs> good old biggins the big old what is it good old biggins big old goodins and they god <laughs> you know this conversation would be a lot more fun if my mom wasn't on the couch you know <laughs> I'm just teasing mom you can stay there I'm just teasing my mom's listening live it's my grandpa's 81st birthday everybody today's February 28th Two of my brother's birthdays are tomorrow. My birthday's on Tuesday. So I'm turning 29 this year. My grandpa's 81. My brother's turning 34. Just keeps getting uglier and uglier. But uh, he's a good guy. I like him. He told some good stories when he came on the podcast. Shame he didn't want to be on it. And then he starts telling all these awesome stories. And it didn't turn out anything. So I was like, hey, this mic doesn't really work, so you got to do this to it the whole time. Well, it's fine. I don't want to really want to be on a podcast. I'm not going to really talk that much. The whole time, he just gets really into it, and then he starts telling all these awesome stories. And I was like, where have these stories been my whole life? And they were real stories, not Justin Tall Tales. They were real crazy stories I could tell because he's like, yeah, and then I did this. And I'm like, Justin. Anyways... I tell you what, Paul, we are, we're like 54 minutes into it. I, I try to keep it an hour. I know I want to record some more. Maybe we record again tomorrow and we can go through more of the CD. But um, what do you think about, uh, like what, uh, I don't know. I mean, we always, we talk about a lot of different stuff. But what do you think the most important thing, like being 81 years old, like what it, I know, like, it's a loaded question. What kind of advice would you give to somebody? Like, you've been alive a long time, lived a good life, you're happy, your life hasn't really worked out the way that I'm sure you saw it, but I mean, like, you know, I know you're, I know you're happy. Like, you're one of the most, like, if I'm ever down, I always want to talk to my pa, because he's always going to make me feel better. And, like, even just the way you interact with people, like, you're always, always, like, a positive guy. Like, you're not, like... I mean, I know we both are not very like we we don't we don't really foresee a good future for our, our country and the world and everything else like that. But at the same time, like you're a positive guy. So what like what advice would you want to give people? Well, uh, always smile a lot. Yeah, and think positive. Think positive. What like out of like what what does it take to live long? Like what activities in life do you think? Hard work. 
And a lot of sex. And a lot of sex. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Pod, do you want to? Do you want to crush? Uh, do you want to crush stereotypes? Let people know that old people still get it on. What's that? Do not that old. Do not hey, that Justin. This isn't your podcast, and nobody invited you. Keep going. What about? Fucking on a regular basis, still, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You and old Clyde. <laughs> yeah, and old Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not gay. That's his dick's name. He, Clyde gets some action. <laughs> we can cut that out, Paul, if you want. But I think it's funny as hell because it's my paw, and that's what I want people to know. Like this is my paw. Like this is no show. This is this is our life. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is yeah. what it's all about. It's all about our life. It's not about like let's let's keep an image. I want to keep this image of <laughs> of bullshit. <laughs> Fuck that. No way. <laughs> This is real life. This is why my paw is my paw. If anybody wants to know why I'm the way I am, it's because this guy raised me. Well, he didn't raise me, but when I was a kid, that's who I spent most of my time with. My mom worked five jobs and went to school full time. Yeah. Anyways, what else, Pa? What else do you always say? Because you're not an atheist, but you're not a Christian. No. But it, if someone was going to read a Bible, what's the... Most important line to take out of the Bible. Well, I think uh, the uh, 23rd Psalm is the longest verse in the Bible. Yeah. The shortest verse in the Bible is two words. Jesus wept. And I've based my entire life on next to the shortest verse. And what's that? God is love. Let's expand upon that a little bit. How did you base your whole life on that? Because I, I don't believe that uh, there's an end to the universe. Yeah. And there's no hell. No. I mean, any normal fool would tell you that there's no hell. Like, I, I do believe that there is, like, a dichotomy in the planet, but I think... <laughs> I think if there really was a devil, the devil would be who everybody calls God. Every Everybody in a religion that, like, kills the war and kills people in the name of God. Like, why would God want that? And I think, like, I think, like, just based on the conversation that we've always had, I always felt like, like, they always try to, like, trick you into into going into their church and, like, trick you into, like, and, and like, the, the thing that I don't like about churches is everybody's so damn judgmental. Mm. And it's, like, you know, like, like I think the morality behind Christian, and I think, you know, like, my mom raised me to, to believe. I mean, my mom raised me well. Like, she raised me to, like, form my own opinions and have my own opinions about things. And, like, she taught me good morals. And I think you can learn good morals from a lot of religions, but I think, I think the biggest problem in this world is nobody tries to learn from those morals mm. like nobody tries to like live their life based on a set of principles instead it's it's more about like oh this is what like instead they try to use the image of their religion for their own personal gain or their own greed or their own power and i think like i think when you whenever you go to to war in the name of god 
it defeats the purpose of what God really is. And that's God is love. God and, is love, yeah. Yeah, and I think like if you if you ain't got no love in your heart for people, you ain't got no love. And yeah. You ain't got no God. Yeah. But then I always my favorite one one of Bible verses that I always liked was uh For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in good whiskey and wild women should not perish but have everlasting life. <laughs> what verse is that? Is that in the Ace Pack Bible, I think? Yeah, it's uh, John 3.16. John 3.16. <laughs> what do you always say about a preacher, Pa? You always saw the preacher walking out of uh, the house, a good something's house, zipping up his fly. How's that go again? You got to talk in the Sunday, Sunday, you can always tell when when, when uh, preacher comes. Yeah, you know, or him coming out of the house. Yeah, he's usually uh, uh, wiping his mouth off and zipping up his fly and stuff like this. You know, <laughs> like how long did it take you to realize, like, because I mean, you grew up in like a Bible belt, sort of like not really, but yeah, really, yeah. And, like, uh, how long did it take you before you realized it was kind of bullshit? Uh, I, I, never, I never got hooked into it. Yeah. I just never never did that. Anyways, back to this. My mom brought up a brilliant story that we're going to talk about later. But, so you never were really into it. And, like, why was that? It was, um. I just, uh, uh, the church that, that we was raised, you know, up in Jessica there. Yeah. <clears throat> they was uh, Holy Rollers. Holy Rollers? Church of God. Yeah. Uh, they'd uh, uh, talk and then, then, then. And the tongues? Mm-hmm. Oh, they were like, they were like, uh, they were the snake people, right? And uh, so, uh. Uh, they uh, just didn't do uh, the uh, church thing. You know? Yeah, but they would get. They would get down on the floor and roll around and kick their feet. And, yeah, and uh, you didn't know whether they was dying or what. Yeah, they'd uh, get. <laughs> For anyone that can't see, my grandpa was just shaking his head like a fish. And uh, so it was a. Uh, it just looks stupid. Yeah. So, like, how old were you when you're like, what is going on here? I think that that I had made up my mind what 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 I was going to do when I was 11 years old. By the time I was there. Yeah. Because uh, uh, we used to have to. No Bible verse to go to Sunday school. Sunday school was the only place you had to go in the summertime. Yeah. You know. How many days a week was Sunday? Or just Sunday? Duh. Um, you didn't have like extra church days you had to go to? No. We didn't, we didn't when, did, when did you stop going to church? I never did stop going to church except uh, I haven't been to church in the last 10 years, I'd say. Well, okay. So, like, there's a specific story. Of you with a water gun at, at church. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was around at Friendship Church House. And uh, we had just... Uh, this is you and your older brother? Our, our community had uh, built a new church. Yeah. So there was a... It had a hardwood sawmill cut floor. Yeah. Cracks in it like a finger, like you're like at least an inch apart. So they weren't very good carpenters in this community. Well, no, this was just brand new stuff. Oh, okay. So um, anyhow, uh, uh, me and Haskell Markham and a bunch of us uh, got under the floor pussy peeping. Yeah. With a flashlight, you know. Pussy peeping. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you started pussy peeping, Paul? Oh, shit. That's about eight, nine. <laughs> ten. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, we uh, went up to uh, well, the, the, uh, everybody sang. Yeah. You know. And so, uh, the uh, all the women was on, on one side sort of singing and uh, we take a light spotlight and look through the crack of look up at the dress. Yeah. And, uh, so you got to talk in the mic, Paul, because you can't like you can't not you can't tell this story not talking to Mike, Paul. <laughs> You're killing me all day. A musician, you would think you'd love talking in the microphone, but not my Paul. He likes to talk like this. Hey, Dookie Doo. That's that's what he calls me, by the way, Dookie Doo. Hey, Dookie Doo, so this is my... No, I'm just teasing, Paul. Well, anyhow, uh, it's Mary Markham. Yeah. She was an older woman. She was fat. Fat. And she didn't have no pants on. Yeah. So uh, uh, I had a water gun. Yeah. And uh, Haskell Markham said, give me, give me that gun, that water gun. <laughs> Haskell Markham. How come everybody like in your life has had like these amazing names like Haskell Markham? Uh, and what was the other guy's name? J.D. Slink. 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 J.D. Slink. Mm -hmm. These are all like characters out of Westerns, but keep going on. I'm going to show you a picture that maybe this lady looks like, but keep going, uh, telling your story. But anyhow, he took the uh, flashlight and shot Murray. She she looked like this. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone doesn't know, go to Mitch Nutter's Twitter page and look at this lady in a green dress. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, she was she was she was fat like that too. Yeah. And so he, he shot her with a water gun. So you got you got to talk you got to tell this story in the mic. So he shot her. She shot he shot her vagina. With the water gun. Yeah, he shot up a dress with a, with a, with a water gun. Yeah. And uh, and uh, she got so, uh, scared her so bad that she went backwards and turned the table over and big bastion and we all... Pop microphone. We, we took, we could take off uh, running <laughs> and hitting that barbed wire fence and got stretched out for a mile. <laughs> <laughs> So were your parents in church when it was going on, or was it like a later service? No, it was not. At, uh, 
that particular time, I think it was called a... Uh, uh, oh, it was a revival. Revival, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a... Revival. So you really revived some uh, some spirits with that one. Oh, yeah. You we, think she started talking in tongues after she got water in her oh, pussy yeah. like that? Yeah. <laughs> nonsense. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> but uh, it was so funny, though, that, that, that we all hit the barbed wire fence. Yeah, you hit the barbed wire. And you can hear it. I'm digging. Well, uh, the fact is that uh, uh, we did stuff like that. All the time? For, uh, for time. For fun. I remember one time you were telling this story when you... Uh one of your friends like bang on this house or from underneath the floor and you guys ran away and the dad was like came out and started shooting at you guys yeah <laughs> that was at blue shorts blue shorts yeah but her name she was she was, she was, she'd always wear blue shorts so you guys called her blue shorts no her name is blue short that was s-h-o-r-t so her first name was blue and her last name was short she was uh my grandma was uh a midwife yeah, 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 both of them were, weren't they? No, I thought I thought uh, your mom's mom was a midwife, and so was your dad's mom. No, I, I don't know what grandma, my grandma was on uh, my mommy's side. Okay, but uh, I know that my mom, my grandma was. Yeah, and uh, she black and blue. They was twins, and they was born to go over short, and uh, so. Uh, uh, when he was born, he was so blue that uh, uh, their mommy was a real little tiny girl. Yeah. And she had a set of twins, you know, and that was really... Un- unhealthy back then. Yeah, yeah. These, it's, it was a miracle that they lived at all. Yeah. So Blue Short's house. Blue Short. Was- so, okay, so which one of you is interested in Blue. Uh, we all was. Oh, okay. See, you got. You always know when boys are up to mischief, banging on girls' houses. It's because they like the girl. <laughs> okay, keep telling the story, Paul. Well, any, anyhow, uh, it uh, you it was just naturally fun. You know, you'd be banging on the house, and you didn't know this guy that was there was a gun. <laughs> yeah. And so all at once you could hear, bam, 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 coming through the down floor. You know. So you went underneath the house and banged yeah. on it. Yeah. So you, it was like it was up high enough so you could run underneath. The house was built on side of the hill. Okay. So the lower side of the house was probably six foot off the ground. Okay. So you go up and under there, and, and you could take a light and, and shine underneath and yeah. scare the shit out of people. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so anyhow. So whoever hooked up with Blue Short, that's the real question. Well, Blue Short uh, was sort of uh, the, uh, uh, what would you say? She she was a... Uh, the cute girl that everyone was after? No. Was she an easy girl? Very, very easy. All right. So she had some... I guess. Uh, she, she was quite old for me. She was older than you? Oh, yeah. So who, so, but you were just younger boys who liked the older girl. I, I was, I was younger than, than, I mean, she, she lived up there. Were you the, like the youngest of all your friends? No. Okay. 
Sorry, Paul. I'll let you. I'll let you talk instead of interrupt you. Okay. Well, anyhow, it, it was fun. Been yeah. Things that, and we used to uh, uh, like go down to churches. Yeah. Revivals. Yeah. You know, and you, you'd have to walk maybe through the mountains. Yeah. All right, guys. Sorry that the podcast kind of ends abruptly at the end there. It's not that um, we just uh, the audio wasn't really legible after that, and then we decided to call it quits. We were going to record again the next day, and then it was a crazy birthday party, so uh, we just didn't actually get around to it. But um, yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in, and uh, look forward to another episode of my grandfather. If you guys liked it, please let me know. If you guys want to hear his music, let me know. I'll be more than happy to get you guys copies of his music. Um, there's going to be more music to come. Um, anyways, guys, thanks a lot. And tune in for another episode. Oh, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Um, please, uh, that's that's how iTunes does it, guys. So you got to go on there. You got to say some comments. You got to say this show's great or Drew Sample is awesome. You know, I like hearing stuff like that or, you know, any, any compliments good. If you have something bad to say, you know, don't say anything. You know, that's kind of the way it goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Drew Sample. Follow at The Sample Hour on Twitter. Um, follow at IDC underscore updates on Twitter. Follow at Clever West, who is my brother and occasional co-host these days. Um, also follow at Death Squad Ohio. Follow at Sneaker Savage 23. And, um... Yeah, guys, thank you so much, and make it a great day. Eight long years I've tried with all my mind To settle down and treat my woman right But a wild old life to my looks bright Cause it's got me wound up tight With this guitar I'm leaving you tonight For I must go to search for wealth and fame Please forgive me I brought you any shame This guitar has made a fool of me And that's why I'm asking you to set me free